Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Random Trek. I am Commander Brennan, the mystical Mar, in the wrong body. And today, Captain Christopher Ingle is in Brennan's body. How did this happen? I don't know. I, 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 I don't think we mind nailed it because um, no. we've never actually physically been in the same space. But that's true. Uh, but I, 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 I think uh, with the advent of Zoom, we need to uh, switch our cocktails. Yeah, Zoom, Zoom, Kelly. Zoom, Kelly. Ah, but yes, this is in reference to one of our favorite episodes from Strange New Worlds, Spock Amok. It's episode five of Strange New Worlds first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, wouldn't you say, Brandon? This was oh my word, this is probably the most fun episode of Strange New World. If there's one episode that I think embodies that uh fun nature of something like Trouble with Tribbles, I was uh, thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, this is it. This is the the comedy episode, even Trouble with more... Tribbles, uh, some of the quirk episodes of Deep Space Nine. Yes, this is it. The um, the sillier episodes of Next Gen, mm-hmm. like Cupid and, and other things like that. Absolutely. Well, let's give our listeners a little bit of rundown of Spock and Muck, <laughs> uh, and then we'll we'll talk about our feelings about it because uh, this is one of our favorites. Can I just say really quick that the title might be well, a it's a reference to Amok Time, mm-hmm. which is one of the best episodes of the original series. Yes, but B it might be a reference to the Looney Tunes cartoon called Duck Amok, where the artist. Mm-hmm. Of the cartoon, there's a sweet Daffy Duck, and everything goes haywire, artistically speaking. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how everything kind of goes haywire in this episode. You know, I remember that episode so much, and uh, yeah, definitely. I thought of it more as the play on on uh, Amok Time uh, yeah. from the second yeah. season. Uh, which I think is the more likely thing, but I like the reference where you're coming from, that yeah. craziness that happens. So let's talk about this craziness. Mm. So the crew of the Enterprise are undergoing repairs at Starbase One. Uh, uh, number one uh, and Noonien soon um, find out about this game called Enterprise Bingo mm. that lower deckers uh, uh, play while they're on the Enterprise. And there's all these impossible categories and things that you have to do while you're on the Enterprise. And the the upper crew, uh, the bridge crew especially, had no idea about this. <laughs> Um, they have these two seem to have a reputation as quote quote fun killers, so they decide to play the games themselves. The place where fun goes to die. Yes. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Spock uh meets up with T'Pring, uh, and Spock is continuously worried that he's becoming too human. Um, and he wants to. He decides he wants to spend his shore leave with her, reconnecting. Uh, but uh, Admiral April interrupts mm. uh, and asks Pike and Spock to negotiate uh, with the uh, the Rangovians. May um, I just say that this is the same Captain April that was the first captain of the Enterprise. Yep, Robert April, and we saw him in the uh, pilot in the pilot. Episode. We did too. Yes, we did. Yes. yes. Um, but the the Rongovians are looking to ally with either the Federation, the Klingons, or the Romulans. It could go anyway. Um, and so they're they're really working through this. Um, so 
after discussing his relationship with Chapel, which is this is the first canonical moment where we see this relationship between Chapel and Spock. Mm. Spock decides to do a mind meld ceremony with T'Pring so they could bring their minds into one and begin to understand each other better. It's a good can idea. I just, can I just slight correction? Yeah. There was an episode earlier in the season where Chapel was flirting with Spock. And Uhura was yeah. like, you totally missed that. Yeah, I guess. I Uhura guess. noticed it and Spock didn't notice at all. I and apparently I didn't notice it. Or I, somebody <laughs> noticed it and, and Spock didn't. This is where it starts to really come in, though. Yeah, really, where you see there's yeah. a mutual connection there. Yeah. Um, but they undergo the the ceremony and shenanigans ensue. Uh it accidentally switches the Katra, the souls of Spock and Tapring. So now Spock is in Tapring's body and Tapring is in Spock's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's pretty pretty difficult for them to deal with. Um, Spock now has to carry out Tapring's work while Tapring has to work with uh, Pike. And, and Pike is aware of this. They do let Pike know right away that what happened mm. happened. Um, but the 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 uh the Rongovians kind of like Spock, kind of, sort of. We're not sure why or what's going on with that, but they, they do. They're uh, very empathic aliens. Yes. Uh, and so with to actually to Pring's influence in Spock's body, they help Pike succeed with the negotiations. Um, Dr. Which, are, Bang, which are a very weird thing, too. It was a very weird negotiation. Yeah. But uh, Dr. Mbenga and Chapel later are successfully able to switch Spock into Pring, which for them, they actually got a trip trip out of it because, hey, we don't get to mess with Vulcan physiology very often. Mm. Do it. Uh, and they do manage to get their bodies back in and everything's back again. No harm, no foul. And like a good comedy, everybody ends up happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Brennan, going into this, what did you think? Well, when you said that we were going to do this episode, I was very excited. This is the most fun Star Trek episode, I think, in since Lord X, really. Um and I really, really enjoyed it. I really loved the the opening, getting to see Kelly Fee, which we had not seen mm-hmm. since the original series. Um, oh, Dupring is hilarious. For some reason, I just find their delivery is so funny. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love the, the chapel now you notice the scene where Chapel gives Stock relationship advice in the little like in the little like bar. Mm-hmm. She looks over it and there's a fireplace behind him. Mm-hmm. But the image of these planes and smoke behind Stock as Chapel's looking at him is very I think I think intentionally very like he's got the hots for Stock. I mean, there it is. Uh, getting to see that was fun. Getting to see the this idea of what do the lower deckers do for fun? <laughs> that this enterprise bingo is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And getting to see Una and and uh, and and uh, Leon, Leon interact with each other is really neat. And 
getting to see that they're both buried by the book nonsense. People are getting to see them loosen up a little. Yeah. Also, the um, Dr. Mbenga's fishing hat needs a category in and of itself, I think. <laughs> and uh, it just is a fun episode. It's If you try to analyze it, I think, too deeply as like a serious Star Trek episode, it's going to fall to pieces. This is a fun episode. Mm-hmm. That's just meant to be entertaining. And it's really great to have an episode that kind of fits in with the likes of Starleaf and the Trouble with Tribbles and uh, the, uh, oh, what's the piece of the action Mm -hmm. or Cupid or, you know, any of these silly episodes. Yeah. Mud's Women. It's a little on that side. It's in that kind of vein. And I just think that. It's just so fun. And and I think for me, the number one element of this episode is the fun. The number two element is the the, the chemistry between Stock and Nurse Chapel is marvelous. These actors are amazing. This is an extremely well cast series. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bush is great as Nurse Chapel. Ethan Peck is great as fuck and the, from the opening scene this is an episode that will hook you yes uh, you know what we I didn't describe it in detail but I do want to talk a little bit about this opening scene mm. uh, uh, so we open up with uh, Spock on Vulcan um, and they're at his, the uh, family ritual site they're going to perform uh, the Kunont Kal Ifi uh, which is is basically this? It's it's the Vulcan, it's the wedding. It's the wedding. Yeah, that, it, I've learned it's not exactly bonding, wedding, but bonding. it's the wedding. Let's call it that. Yeah, joining bonding. Yeah. So when Tapring comes up, all of a sudden, uh, Ethan Peck no longer has his ears. And by the way, Tapring looks amazing in that wedding outfit. Just throwing that out there. Um. Yeah, he he he's got no ears, and then he has. Well, he's, he's got, got no Vulcan ears. He's mm-hmm. got no Vulcan ears. Sorry, I should specify. In Star Trek, when we say a Vulcan doesn't have ears, I think we kind of know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But, uh he ends up then seeing his Vulcan self, and his Vulcan self and him do battle, a la Superman three. By the way, with the classic plate music from the original series. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the, the Kibble guy. <laughs> you, you might know. <laughs> you uh, might know that music. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. And that, that whole dream sequence is really well done and really plays into the fears of Spock uh, and, and what Spock fears the most, and that's his human side. He doesn't yeah. understand it, he doesn't accept it, and he's raised Vulcan, and he's never really up to this point accepted that side of himself. And we know that his it. dad is a, pardon the, pardon the language, a hard ass. Mm-hmm. And what we know from what we learned last time when we talked about Discovery, clearly, as a child, this guy, though he was loved, was scarred. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got these learning deficiencies that Vulcans don't respond to well. Yeah. And basically treated as a nobody. 
as you know, you're a half breed, you've got all these flaws, you can't succeed. Uh, you know, and yet he perseveres. Mm-hmm. He perseveres and becomes now uh, it, 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 he's the only a lieutenant in the show, right? I don't think he's hit commander yet. I think so, yes. Yeah, I, I think he's only still a lieutenant. Um, but anyway, the point is he becomes an officer in Starfleet, you know, uh, a chief science officer. Uh, you know, the guy is kicking it. He's doing well, but he's got that internal struggle to him. And I really, really love how Strange New Worlds embraces some of those setups we had from the original series mm. and expands on it and grows on it. Yes. I love it. Spock love is it. by far the most compelling character in Star Trek. Try and convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. And so Strange New Worlds does, has done such a good job focusing on Spock. And Ethan Peck is impeccable, pardon the terrible <laughs> pun, yep. as Spock. I mean, we've had two great Spocks with Zachary Quinto and, of course, the incomparable uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. And I think Ethan Peck does them all justice. He's doing such an amazing job at this, at this point. I'm mm-hmm. very impressed with him. And this scene just allows him to demonstrate that so much. And it's serious. It's very serious. And then we get the comedy later in the episode. And it's playing both sides. And this is just an amazing playground for Ethan Peck to play in. Exactly. And both he and Dupring are hilarious in mm-hmm. their... They're so deadpan about everything. It is so funny. Shenanigans. And yeah, the body switching is great because the uh, the body language completely changes in them, which is cool. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, one hundred percent. And you know, you you with this episode too, you knew the shenanigans were going to happen. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you didn't see like the trailer, like you knew what's happening because the the it was like a rom com setup. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be an us only weekend, but he's got to work. And his <laughs> boss, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of is like an episode of Bewitched. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah this really yeah. is like a Bewitched setup. Mm-hmm. You know, I could totally imagine if it never happened, but I'm sure it did in at least one episode where Samantha was putting Darren's body in Darren and Samantha's. I would not doubt that. It just could also was... happen in Farscape, but that's not a rom com. Not definitely not, but this plays out like a rom com. Yeah, yeah. During the uh, uh, like a little bit of sitcom, you know. And the moment when Pike tells him, "Hey, the Argovians are already here. I need you to come to work," and she's going, "But we were supposed to." I'm like, "Oh, I saw. Where, I see where this is going. I see what's happening here." And even though the trope is played out, they play into it so well that I don't mind that it is tropey mm. for Star Trek to play a rom-com episode, basically, that doesn't happen that often. I can't really That's a good think point. of too That's many a good point. I can't think Star Trek rom-coms. So I, I really, I mean, really Captain's Holiday and Next Generation yeah, might be a bit of a rom-com. A little bit. And then, uh, of course, I think the, uh, uh, what is it, the 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 Cupid the episode. Cup- oh, my word. Same characters to deal with. Uh, that yeah, definitely that, is that a rom-com. The guard. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, it's not really a common thing in in star trek to do that and they do it very well um 
and I know we're going to go on and on about Spock and Dupring. They're both amazing. We keep talking about how amazing. Now, is. What is the name of the actress who plays Dupring? Yeah. I'm going to look that up now. By now, you and I need to memorize this because yeah, we talk about how good she is. Oh, you just looked it up? No, it's going to say shame on us for not knowing. Oh, shame on us. Yes. We're doing um, something very yeah. unprofessional. Played by... But our audience knows that we are professional. Her name is... Nope, that's the old one. Hold on. I have the name of the old actress. <laughs> Her name is Gia Sandu. Gia Sandu. There it is. Gia yes. Sandu. Yes. Uh, and yes, she's fabulous. Oh, well, she she's is. So great in this. She is really good. Yeah. Um. Let Let's go ahead too, and I, 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 because one of the great things about this is that the B story is not bad in any way. Like, nope. the, the this whole thing with you know the no fun team and, <laughs> and them playing Enterprise Bingo. Let's talk about some of these shenanigans. There's no other way to describe this episode. Everybody is in shenanigan territory. Yes. This is, everyone. That's, that's the right word for you. Um. So some of the tasks that are on Enterprise Bingo, which, by the way, if Lower Decks does not have Cerritos Bingo at some point as a reference, I want to know, (laughs) uh, because this seems like something that the Lower Deckers would have come up with on, on the Cerritos, you know? Indeed. Uh, in fact, when they have their crossover, let's you and I just have a little gentleman's bet right here. Enterprise Bingo is going to come up. I'm betting it because it, it just feels like it. But all right, all right. So, so here are the eleven tasks that are on Enterprise Bingo. Use the transporter to reflavor gum. That was kind of funny. Although they mm-hmm. used the medical transporter, and I got a little worried right there. Like, um, Una. You know what's really in the transporter yeah, buffer right I now. Don't mess with that. <laughs> a phaser stun duel. Ooh, yes. They try to stun each other. That was great. The tube turbo lift two floor shout challenge. I, I didn't we didn't get to see too much of that one, so I didn't see what that one was. Yeah. Set the universal translator to Andorian. I bet Ahura loved that one. Oh my word. Gravity boot hang challenge. <laughs> Medical triporter tricorder challenge, Vulcan marsupial. Uh, what in the world is that? I I think you had to set one of the medical tricorders to where it was going to read someone as a, as a as a Vulcan, a marsupial. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm assuming in the med bay. So when they were scanned, why is it saying Vulcan marsupial? The fruit re- replicator had to replicate durian fruit. Now, if any of you know anything about durian fruit? Durian fruit is synonymous with being considered the smelliest fruit on the planet. You open this sucker, you'll know it. It's very tasty. I've had it. It is very tasty, but the smell is pungent. It is very, very pungent. It stinks. Yes, it does. Sneak a triple into the transporter buffer. No. (laughs) The thought of this. That is awesome. Uh, sit in the captain's chair. Mm, that mm. one's daring. EV suit challenge, an unsanctioned spacewalk, which we saw. And then, of course, sign the scorch. Yes. Um, and we got to see a lot of these being done. Not all of them we saw, but but some of them. Um, 
The coolest one I have to say is Sign the Scorch. So uh, Brennan, Brennan, it does it's not very self-explanatory. So let's explain signing the scorch. Yes. It is the oldest piece of the whole of the Enterprise that traditionally the lower deckers doing the Enterprise bingo will sign their name on it. We see several names there. I didn't quite catch who. Mm-hmm. But part of it is walking on the hole of the Enterprise under a force field, not wearing an EVA suit. So, very daring. It was very creative, though. I gotta say, the mm-hmm. solution to that was smart. And daring on in of itself. That That was really cool. Um, it was just, it was so much fun to see these ladies having a blast, you know, Mm -hmm. and they, uh, this, this show has really set up a chemistry thing between different characters. Naturally, of course, in crew members, we've got Spock and Chapel, they have a good chemistry together, uh, in, in Benga and Chapel, definitely when they're doing medical stuff, Mm -hmm. um, also in Benga and, and, and number one. I, they, they, they've got something there too yeah. um, Pike in number one it, it just every time you have a pair together Leon, Leon is starting to build relationships with people Uhura and Hemmer uh, are really great together yeah they were um, gosh uh, it goes on and on and on everybody together when they're in pairs fits and works mm-hmm. nobody clashes with anyone else and I love this. Yes. I absolutely love the fact that this by far is the most gelled, complete crew that I've ever seen in Star Trek. Like just everybody actor-wise plays off of each other so well. And the writing and it's is only so the first small. season. And it's you're right, that's only the first season. I absolutely love the chemistry between these two. They seem like they're the best of friends. We we know why they're the best of friends and why they're set up for each with each other, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I I adore this this uh, friendship that's building here that we see between these two. And it passes the Bechdel test. Yes, yes, it absolutely. Men are not mentioned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, was there anything in this episode that you did not like? Mm. Mm. Nothing that really stands out. I I'm gonna be with you on this. I and I am with I mean, you on this. There, you could probably find some minor little quibble. The I'm, I, I'm gonna. I can't. I can't think of one. The Rongovians yeah. are just weird. Yeah. Very weird. I, They're strangely I, empathetic to everybody they talk to, so they act like the person they talk to. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. It is. It is. Um, I, that I do, one's definitely takes the backseat to the action. I I also love uh Pike, um, Pike kind of <laughs> sticking up for 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 Spock. You know, yep. when, when, uh, or uh, to Pring, we should say. And using reverse psychology, that it's actually more extreme empathy. 
Yeah, it was just it was so clever, clever to play yeah. this in. Uh, I um, guess maybe my only complaint would be the guy that Dupring and Chapel apprehend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that storyline is like kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. Well, and to me, they vaguely mentioned at the beginning, and it's like, uh. Well, unless it plays out later, even the thing with the Rongovians is kind of pointless. Yeah. Some but that's, elements are just... that's kind of the sense of a of a sitcom, right? Yeah. Because no matter what the plot is, it's pointless. Yeah. It doesn't matter in the end. That's it's not a, it's the point. a Seinfeld moment. Exactly. This episode doesn't matter, and yet, like many episodes of Seinfeld, it's amazing. This episode doesn't matter and does matter at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Double think, double think. Double, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, so, ooh, bro- broke out a little bit of psychology there. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let, let, let's, let's build into the larger Trek world, ooh. shall we? Yeah. So that opening, of course, and the title oh, and everything yeah, and the music. tying back and the music tying back into a muck time. Oh my word, yes. This is this is so good, giving us more of every time we see Tapring and Spock together, it makes what goes down in a muck time more logical. We understand it more. We know mm. why this is happening. Even though they have good chemistry, we know where Spock's loyalty and true heart lies. Yeah. And it's in Starfleet. Um, we the fact that Spock in Starfleet is the ultimate expression of the ideals of the Federation. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. The fact that they they could coexist, as human and Vulcan side could coexist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that it that Vulcan Spock mentions is Tet Select, mm-hmm. which is from the animated series. Is is Tet and first mentioned in the episode Journey to Babel. Yes, in the original series, it's basically a teddy bear with fangs, mm-hmm. but it's alive. And then also, I like that reference. I like the first getting to see Spock in Nurse Chapel. Mm-hmm. Getting to see Tupring, because we know where that leads. Um, and also getting to see... Um, oh, there was one other that connects to the larger universe that I just drew a blank on, but I think it's... the Well, the Enterprise Bingo is one of them that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Is hopefully that connects to the bigger universe, mm-hmm. and uh, just the fact that we see this ongoing conflict that Stark has, and I wonder, I'm beginning to wonder if what's going to happen with Stark and Dupree when this show is done, because if he goes to Vulcan in a mock time. He flat out rejects him right off the bat. So are we going to see their relationship fall apart? Mm. We have seen Stan, the guy that she leaves Spock for. Mm-hmm. We have seen that character already in Strange New Worlds. So it'll be interesting to see 
where it goes. And also, if it, let's say, let's imagine they have a breakup for a minute. Mm-hmm. Is this going to cause Spock to become more like we see him in the original series, where he's on its stiff and has to learn a lot of lessons all over again? Well, what's interesting about this episode is, especially in that opening dream, that's foreshadowing because we know that he's afraid uh, T'Pring is going to invoke uh, Calafi, which is yeah. the, 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 the separation. Yeah, which is the Which is you. what she does in in a month time. So where will this relationship lead is what I want to know. It is an interesting thing. And I, I'm very curious. We know where it, it you know what this is a case of? You and I were around when the Star Wars prequels came. Like mm-hmm. we knew what was going to happen to Anakin Skywalker. We knew it. Yeah. The question was, how did we get there? Yeah, it's how do we get there is the bigger That's question. the question we're facing with Spock and Tapring right now. We I know just, where they're going to end up. I just thought of another connection. Hmm. Dr. Nadanga. In the original Star Trek series, McCoy says that Nadanga is an expert on Vulcan physiology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We see him working on that in this episode. So, anyhow, there are some, and, and also that's the episode in the original series where he has to slap stock to get into out of there. We see that he also injects a bit of pain and then this time. So it seems to he seems to understand that sometimes with Vulcans you have to inject a little uh, mm-hmm. pain into them. So well there are some interesting things too that I, I think are are little little things that are acknowledged with other track. Mm-hmm. For example, uh I in the dream, the dream is a really good example of this. Uh this is the second time that we have ever seen an alien or a half alien deal with their other side. We actually right. saw this happen to Bolana Torres. Yes, we did. In the first season of Voyager. Yes. In, in reality. We saw spaces. Yes. In we, we did see spaces. that happen. Yes. So I, I, I don't know if it is directly, but definitely it reminded me of that, 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 that face of having to deal with yourself because the character Bolana Torres also dealt with the struggle of being half Klingon, half human. Yep. And so in that episode, to be faced with her human side and her her Klingon side in full form, wow, big deal. You know, and Spock, even in a dream, is dealing with that. I love that. Uh, We got the first now canonical appearance of the green wraparound. Yes, and also the first appearance, well, not the first, but of Robert April. Yes. Yeah, I love April. I yeah. want to know more about April. And uh, by about. the way, at the very end of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chapel is talking to Ortega. Mm-hmm. And she said that she broke it off with Adither, who was the guy she was kind of dating. Mm-hmm. And Chapel says her next person would, quote, have to be the right guy. Right. And a little, you know, we're like, oh, okay, I think we know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Here, but yeah, there's a lot of connections here that lead to stuff we see down the road. Mm-hmm. The friendship also between Spock and Pike, mm-hmm. which later on manifests itself 
Oh, yes, in, in the menagerie. Yes, 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 in menagerie, when we see Spock willing to risk his life and his career. And Spock, who doesn't uh, normally like to break the rules, mm -hmm. breaking every rule on the books to help Captain Pike. Mm -hmm. The loyalty, we see it. Yes. Uh, so, here, and there's another little fun thing. Mm. Whenever Una and, and uh, La'an check off an item on Enterprise Bingo, mm -hmm. the tone that it plays is a portion of the original Star Trek theme. Yes. I, yes. Isn't that fun? That is so fun. It is fun. I absolutely love this. Um, there are just a lot of these little, in these fun episodes, these little Easter eggs are there. Um, and it works. It works so well. It's just a reminder of what's to come, what has yep. been. Those of us uh, who know it are like Leo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. Yes, Wait, I, I, I am pointing I at our screen, our pad screen right now. I'm like, I know that. I get that reference. Yes. Uh, or like Captain America saying, I understood that reference. <laughs> so what were your, your favorite moments of this this episode? And well, I'm the, sure you and I have a lot. <laughs> great. Uh, I love the just all the scenes with Spock and Dupring are so funny because Dupring is so deadpan hilarious mm -hmm. and also the scenes with Spock and Chapel if I had a favorite moment it's Spock and Chapel at the bar talking to each other because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you really see the chemistry but you really see that for lack of a better word yes Chapel is kind of thirsty for Spock. Mm -hmm. If I'm using the term correctly, Gen Zers who are listening, please correct me. I'm an old Gen Yer. I don't understand these words. Mm -hmm. You know, here's another thing too that I really enjoyed. Um, that I really enjoyed with this slight reference, and I, I didn't say it in the connection, but a slight reference to Enterprise in here too. Mm. Um, when they're getting ready to switch them back. Uh, they're in sick bay. They put this paste on them as kind of like a conductor, and it's yep. made out of this alien sea urchin. And it reminded mm -hmm. me of Dr. Flox. Like that's uh, something Dr. Flox yes, would have done. You know, and I again I don't know if it's a direct Dr. reference. Dr. Flox would say something like the alien sea urchin has the best qualities in it. It feels like a flox thing. I'm trying to say it in his cadence of voice, I can't quite do it. It's really tough. Um, my favorite moment, though, is they get them on the bio beds. And of course, by the way, every time Spock is is decrying shenanigans, mm. I hate shenanigans. Mm -hmm. But um, he gets them on the bio bed, and Chapel uh, Chapel basically uh, uh, says, uh, "We're we're gonna get nerf pinched for this, aren't we?" Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So, I just love the fact that even even Mbenga and Chapel find this funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pike Pike does I think Pike was holding back uh the comedy, but Pike is like, listen, we got a job to do, but he's wanting to go laugh. Mm -hmm. I think he wants it so much, so bad. Indeed. Uh but yeah, the reaction in there was just just spot on. And every moment that these two are playing each other's personalities shows off their acting skills and it was a yes. joy yes even the occasion for their speech mm -hmm. yes a final thoughts on this episode Brad. it's a great episode it, yes. if you're watching stranger world do not skip this episode you can't 
you know, I this is one of those things with this series that uh, I feel you need, you absolutely need to watch. I, I, and I think you and I could be fair about this. Every episode of this 10 episode season, yes, you need to watch. Yes, it's that good. This that might we be the single. I'm gonna say it. I will say what you are hesitating to say. This Go is ahead. the best first season of any Star Trek, period. And that includes Lower Decks, and that was tough because Lower Decks first season and was just the amazing. original series had a really good first season too. It, it had its moments, and I'll even admit there are times that original series is slow; it drags mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And I get it; it's it's the form of storytelling in the time period. But mm-hmm. to me, I was never bored by any episode in this season. Yeah, and and I don't think even the original series could boast that. Yeah, you you can't. Even though it had some wonderful episodes. This, this has got series that sweet is maybe spot. the most consistent. This, yes, it is by far. I and I hope season, season two is as consistent. Well, you and I both. Well, next week. Next week, uh, we get to go back to our favorite well, the motion pictures. And, and get to come to my stomping grounds in the yes. country near me. We are headed to the West Coast in 1986. Yes. 1986. We are looking at Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, or as everyone else knows it as, The One with the Whales. And every time I go to San Francisco, which is only about an hour away from the house, yes. I cannot help but think of The Voyage Home. You know, and uh, he, he goes that way, I go the other way, and every time I go to the Monterey Bay Aquarium... Actually, you know what? My profile picture yeah. that I sometimes use... Mm-hmm. Is me in the exact spot where Spock climbed out of the water and started to work at the Cetacean Institute. We're going to talk about this next week, but I've been to this aquarium, as you have, so many times that I could go, you're not fitting humpback whales in there. Yeah, no. And there's the stairs where they ran down. (laughs) But it is like that. I absolutely love that. In fact, if you look carefully, and I'll I'll talk about this aquarium a little bit next week as, as we can. Just as we locals, because local enough for us. Yep. Um, this first opened up right as they were filming, and so this was like its claim to fame for for quite a while. Yes. Uh, and I love yes. this place, and it's it's close to my heart, it's close to your heart. But as usual, we can't do this alone. So we have brought in a man. We you know, Doctor Jillian Taylor was an expert on whales, right? Yes. We need an expert. In the eighties, we need someone who is an expert in Starfleet Command, as kindly, <laughs> yes, or 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 Star Wars Command, as the case is. Sometimes, mm, yes, we are bringing in a good friend of ours from the movie trivia schmodown. Uh, from Mark Riley knows. Uh, uh, you know, Mark Riley is a good friend of ours. He doesn't have a rank, but we're going to give him one. We just haven't figured out what it is because he's a specialist. Commodore, Commodore. No, I was saving Commodore for for uh, Scott. Mm, yeah, I was saving Commodore for Scott. Yes, so I have to think <laughs> of a sufficient rank. But our good friend Mark Riley, uh, and he is a good friend of ours, uh, has agreed to come in and talk about this movie. Uh, it it's ripe with just the '80s flavor, and we did need an expert in the '80s to come in and kind of give us their perspective. This is my favorite film, one of my favorite films of the '80s. You and I were barely like two years old when it came out. When this came out, I was a year. I think. Yeah, 
we were we were babies. We were baby babies. So we need somebody who would have saw it in the theaters. Yeah, 1986. And we chose Mark Riley. So next week, Star Trek Four, the one with the whales. We are all in bated breath until then. Brennan, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Brennan Mystical. You can find me on Twitch at Bren B R E N N M A R R. You can find us on YouTube where I will be uploading selected episodes of Random Trek on my YouTube channel for my Star Wars podcast. Page Sterner's Day or Night. You can find that on YouTube. You can find it on here on Anchor. And everywhere you hear podcasts, just look at Page Sterner's Day or Night. And here, of course, on Random Trek. And you can find me uh, on on Twitch and Twitter at C Ingle nineteen eighty four, uh, and also hanging around a lot of the same places that Brennan hangs out because yes. yes, we indeed. really just hang with the same crowd. Uh, but with that, as always, we end every episode. Kapla, and live long and prosper. Peace and long life.